Welcome to Exploring the Mystical Side of Life. Hi, this is Linda Lang from ThoughtChange.com. I'm here with author, poet, and Baha'i scholar, J.A. McLean. Jack McLean is fine, Linda. Jack has written numerous books. This is one of his, Dimensions in Spirituality, and he's here today to talk with us on the topic of developing spiritual consciousness. Welcome, Jack. Thank you, Linda. I'm happy to be here and to have this conversation with you. Well, we are happy to have you. I suppose in your life, you have had many experiences that have kind of directed you on the path? Yes, indeed I have, yes. Yeah, I'd love to know how a spirit came calling for you. I guess anybody who takes spirituality or religion seriously has his or her own story, their own spiritual journey, because uh, each one of us is a unique person and each of us has his or her own story, even though we're all part of the human race and we share commonalities. Actually, in my case, I would say that the awakening of spirit for me began in childhood. And I remember the first experience that I could describe as, I suppose, bliss was waking in the morning and lying on that cot, looking out on the lake with the sun dappling on the waters. You know, this brilliant sunlight, all these reflections, these millions of little diamonds dancing. And I would just lie there. I mean, I wasn't more than, I don't know, five, six, seven at the time. But I, I can only describe it is that it suffused my soul with a feeling of, well, it really was bliss. It was like divine contentment. Like I didn't, I didn't identify it then as as divine joy but i i think that's what it was so that that was one of the early ones the other one actually happened in sunday school we used to play this little game where the sunday school teacher put us in a circle and we we'd say i point to the east i point to the west i point to the one that i love best and that was just her way of getting us to love one another, the little children love one another, you know, which is the message of Jesus, right? And one day I became aware of some loving presence in that room. I don't know if that was Jesus. I don't know if that was Baha'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i faith, whom we consider to be a prophet. God in some form, I don't know what, but it was a very clear, loving benign presence and I just felt safe there I felt totally at peace totally safe the other one was another experience of joy when my great aunt Violet my grandmother's sister became a Baha'i my mother and my aunt Edna were all had already joined the faith they hadn't been Baha'is for very long after they studied it for a few years and in the kitchen there was mother and Auntie Edna hugging one another and sort of jumping up and down because Auntie Vi had become a Baha'i. And of course, I didn't know anything about the Baha'i faith in those days, very little, but I knew that, wow, this Auntie Vi has become a Baha'i and look how happy mother and Auntie Edna are. So whatever this Baha'i faith is, 
It's making people happy. Because <laughs> I just stood there watching this, and I was, uh, I was very impressed. So I would say that that was sort of the beginning of the awakening of uh, my spiritual consciousness. And that's why I believe that whatever spiritual path you follow, whatever religion you are, it's very important to include the children. That has to be part of humanity's change. Uh, we can't change anything without women and children in the world. Because uh, children, I think, have a great spiritual receptivity. And, you know, once we hit puberty, it's very hard to change people's behavior. Once again, if you have a spiritual experience, yes, you can change. But uh, trying to change yourself is very difficult in adulthood. Well, I think a spiritual experience can definitely shift you and almost instantaneously, but it's not something that you can command at will. They just happen. Absolutely. Although perhaps in some way we are unconsciously seeking. I mean, some people are very consciously spiritual seekers. They go to one church after another. They try different religions. They may end up settling on one or none at all or sort of creating their own vision of, of faith, spirituality, religion, whatever you want to call it. So there are conscious seekers, and we should seek the truth. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. God can just sneak up on us sometimes. <laughs> When we're, when we're not expecting us and hit us on the head. Yeah, and I totally shift our life. That's true. Happened to you, I guess. It happened to me. Those kind of mystical experiences definitely do change the focus of how you look at life, how you look at spirituality, and what you want to actually do while you're here living this life. At least that was what happened for me. For me, faith, religion, spirituality is something that is not just part of life, it's, it's all of life. For those who take it seriously, yeah, it is a way of life, it's a pattern. I understand that in Arabic, the word for religion, which is deen, isn't translated exactly as religion. It's more like a way of life. You know, if we listen to our heart, it really does become a way of life. And of course, in organized religion, there are feast days and holy days and services on specific days. And, and that's, I, I think that's the purpose of the calendar in each one of those religions is just to give a rhythm and a regularity to uh, to spiritual life, and it, and it does that. And I think we need that. You know, one of my critiques of spirituality today is that it's become too individualistic. We need a, to think about spirituality, faith as something that involves the whole human race, you know, because we see the terrible divisions that exist in the world today, the tribalism, the ethnic prejudices, the ethnic wars. And um, I think we've got to get out of this spirituality is just me and God, me and Jesus, me and 
my guru or however it is. And it should be more about what does God require of us as, hum as a human race? So you're talking about maybe asking how you can be of service to creation more than how can I serve myself. Exactly. And you've, you've said the big important word service. Spirituality, faith, religion must, in order for it to be real, be transformative. It must lead to the, the expression of virtues spiritual virtues in the individual and those spiritual virtues that, that change our character, they must be expressed, they, they must be shared for the transformation of society and for helping other people. You know, that's, to me, that's what it's, it's all about. It's not just about study and prayer and meditation. It's also about service in the community. A little while back, you mentioned children, and I'm curious if you have any thoughts about how we can keep our children more spiritually open. They light up the room, they play, they have fun, they, they don't take things personally, they are inclusive, they start to take on the qualities of being judgmental or, well, all of the things that as adults we're trying to get rid of, we didn't have them in the yes. first place. Really. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an excellent observation. You reminded me of, you know, when the mothers of Salem, the children brought to Jesus, the stern disciples drove them back and bade them depart. But Jesus saw them ere they fled and sweetly smiled and kindly said, suffer little children to come on to me. And then he took the child and put the child in the midst and, and taught that unless you become like this little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's that pure heart that you're talking about, you know, that beautiful child with the innocent heart. Somehow we have to grow up and maintain that believing innocent heart that pure heart of the child but with the discernment of the adult without becoming skeptical and embittered by the world and of course that's a great challenge it's a great challenge and I, i'm wondering if at the root of that if we could instill in our children a healthier sense of self-love and acceptance for themselves and for others, if that could help them to keep that door open. Yeah, and in the final analysis, it's our choice. My children got the best spiritual education we could give them at the time, but when they become adults, it's up to them whether or not they want to follow that path, you know? To me, I don't understand atheism, for example. And I mean, I can understand it intellectually, but I, I don't understand how someone can look at creation with all its marvels, look at the universe, and think that it got here by chance. Well, it, it didn't get here by chance. 
uh, science is supposed to be eliminating chance as much as possible, as a matter of fact. So, in a sense, to believe in a creator as a, as a first cause or an eternal cause is something that's very scientific. So, I, I don't understand how the heart cannot be moved by the beauty and the diversity in creation. And as the more I age, the more it is a wonder to me. Yeah, even the smallest little thing, the microcosm or the, the macrocosm, the large level. I mean, it, why is there something rather than nothing? Like, to me, it's just awesome. I think that's actually a really easy way to kind of connect with that expansive spiritual connection, if you like, by looking at the beauty of, of flowers or know something something quite small or something quite big like the night sky it touches our soul in ways that words can't really and you can't really express it in words you can try but i think in some ways there are some things that should be just precious to us and we cherish them in our hearts you know and i think we've all had an experience of having something precious and having our heart touched. Maybe we step aside from that a little bit too much and we get very busy with very mundane things of daily life without actually appreciating the beauty and the possibilities that lie within all these intricate little experiences of life. Yeah, the dewdrop shining on the blade of grass, you know, that's enough for me, right? <laughs> so no wonder you're a poet, Jack. Oh, well, yeah, that's the poet and the scholar. They don't, they don't always dwell easily together in this heart of mine and this mind of mine. But uh, yeah, I'm a bit unusual in that way. I mean, I'm not saying that all scholars are cl close to the poetic realm, but I'm very grateful that that part of me is open. So yeah. do you actually think that spirit comes knocking or divine intelligence, if you prefer, comes knocking to most people, if not all people, at some point in their life? I don't know how to answer that question, Linda. That's a very deep question. But I do know that we've been created to know and love God I believe that, as it says in Genesis, that that supreme intelligent force, that creator, stamped us somehow with his image and likeness. So if we believe that, then it becomes incumbent upon us to awaken that image and likeness within us. It becomes our life, becomes our life work. It's a 24-hour thing, not a one-day-a-week thing. I once heard a beautiful analogy from a, a Baha'i teacher. Um, her name was Mary Maxwell of Montreal. She died in the year 2000, and she was a very eminent Baha'i. And in one of her talks, I think somebody asked her about free will and predetermination and how these things interact, and she gave a very good analogy of the rug maker 
she said, you know, you may not choose the material. You can make a rug with cotton. You can make a rug with silk. I guess these days you can make a rug with acrylic. You still choose the pattern yourself. Of course, that's only an analogy, and I think the interrelationship between free will and how our circumstances are determined and what is determined by circumstance and what we do we determine that i think that's one of those great mysteries of life but we do have freedom to respond to everything in life and that includes the adversities that come to us and in fact from the Baha'i point of view, our tests and difficulties, if we handle them and respond to them the right way, can become the greatest means to further our spiritual development. We can grow through these, you know, as the old expression has it, the school of hard knocks. Jack, it's almost time to wrap up. I'm wondering if you might have a tip or two that you could share with the listeners if they're actively seeking to develop their spiritual consciousness. You know, it's no mystery, Linda. I would say pray, meditate, teach, be spiritually curious. Think about the afterlife, the soul. I mean, it's a huge ocean and we just have to dive into it, and conversations, elevating the conversations. I mean, imagine if everybody in the world could join in on this conversation that you and I are having. There wouldn't be any more war. There wouldn't be any more insults and arguments and divisions and conflict. This is what's killing the world. So we've got to learn to have these conversations and enjoy them and then to learn from them and then to apply them, you know? So it's, it's a joyful thing. And speaking with you is, is, is a joy because it's, it's uplifting. And isn't this what we're all seeking in life? Except why can't others understand what you and I have discovered that the spiritual life is life's greatest joy. It's, isn't that what we want to share? And I guess, in a sense, that's our work, is awakening this life in others. We just share it differently, Jack. Yeah. Jack, thank you for being our guest this week on Exploring the Mystical Side of Life and sharing your, your beautiful spirit and your wisdom with our listeners. Would you like to share your contact information? Yes, yes. Anybody can write me at Jack McLean, M-C-L-E-A-N, triple nine at gmail.com. And my website is triple W, Jack hyphen, McLean, M-C-L-E-A-N, dot com. Don't forget the hyphen because there's a lot of Jack McLeans out there in the world. So mine is Jack hyphen McLean. That's my website. I will put that in the notes so people can have a clear link to it. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Exploring the Mystical Side of Life. Please check out some of our other podcasts, like and subscribe to our channel. This has been Linda from ThoughtChange.com. 
come and visit me and pick up your free gift from thoughtchange.com, Learning to Listen. It's an ebook to help you connect with your own innate wisdom. That's it for this week. Bye for now.